is I was at the grocery store today just to have a look, and uh, there was a noticeable bald spot at the grocery store today. No lettuce, not a head, not not one. Uh, just as well, because apparently the prices you'd be paying for them are alarming enough. Uh, I've been reading, for example, that a pack of romaine, those three packs of romaine, is now double, <clears throat> excuse me, the $5 you would have paid a year ago. So what's happening? Uh, there's a bit of a perfect storm going on. Lettuce, a lot of it comes from the same place, uh, which is the salad bowl of America, or the salad bowl of the world, I think they call it, although I'm sure that it might be a bit myopic. But it's if you remember your John Steinbeck novels, it's Salinas. It's that whole area south of San Francisco or south of San Jose as you head down the, the coast towards um, towards San Luis Obispo and into into LA. That's that area where all lots of vegetables are growing. So apparently there's been some problems there. It's been too hot, but it's having a huge impact across the industry. It's not the only thing that's been strange in the uh, with supply chains and produce in the past while. But joining me now is Mark Van Schellitz. He's a vice president, Western Canada, with Restaurants Canada. Mark, thanks so much for your time. Good evening, Ben. Pleasure to be here. So tell me about this lettuce thing, because it kind of, I mean, I started seeing it on social media last week, and all of a sudden, lettuce seems to have vanished from the uh, vanished from the, the menu, so to speak. Yeah, and not only is there a shortage, but if you can get it, uh, our members are telling us that it's four times the, uh, the initial cost, which is pretty cost prohibitive if you can get it. And, and as you alluded to in your comments, I mean, by far the largest lettuce producer is California, and they're experiencing, you know, extreme weather, drought, and uh, apparently there was also a spot virus uh, that was thriving in, you know, on lettuce, which... Uh, uh, which led to a lot of declining crops as well. So it's just one more, uh, you know, uh, supply chain issue that we've got to deal with. As you know, we've, we're dealing with uh, huge increases in food costs right across the board. Uh, you know, we've got proteins and in double-digit increases from beef, seafood, chicken. Uh, cooking oil is up now 40%, uh, even more if you're talking about some of the more higher-quality, longer-lasting oil. And then, of course, besides the food cost increases, we're also dealing with labor cost increases, insurance cost increase, leasing cost increases. So uh, it's, it's a tough time out there for restaurants. But when it comes back to the lettuce, uh, certainly chefs are pretty creative and resilient. And I don't think that should deter any of your listener, listeners from uh, enjoying a meal at their favorite restaurants because they're going to use substitutes. Uh, you know, they're going to use kale and, and, and other types of ingredients that can get forth for those sort of uh, for you know those replacements, spinach is another one. Uh, so so we're going to get through this. Like you know, we're we're pretty creative and resilient, and and so are our chefs, and uh, uh, we'll find a way to do this. Yeah, I was reading reading one produce supplier in Toronto saying that uh, that uh, speaking of the guy who whoever had won the Powerball in California, that they could buy themselves a Caesar salad. That was his that was his take <laughs> on on the whole thing. Right. But how does it work then? I mean, when it, when something gets that expensive, how quickly? Um, do restaurants decide you just can't keep it in stock? There's no point. I mean, because I don't really remember it happening all that often, especially especially not with something as ubiquitous as lettuce, which you see just about from your local subway to your highest end restaurant. There's lettuce on the menu somewhere, right? Yeah, no, no question. And you know, but we've been dealing with this for the last year, actually, where you've had restaurants having to to streamline their menus and and use different products and and be creative with some of the. Uh, uh, new menu items where they're using some of the lower cost ingredients rather than the, those those ingredients that have gone up 
considerably. And you've got to remember, the industry's facing like a 30% increase in costs, and we're still struggling to get back our pre-pandemic sales numbers. So uh, so it's quite a challenge out there. And as you know, this year, menu inflation was about 7.8%. So they're certainly not passing on all those costs to the consumers. And in 2023, we're expecting menu prices to go up uh, by another 6%, which is pretty much in track with with, uh, inflation generally. Yeah, I was surprised to read that um, restaurant prices aren't climbing as quickly as grocery prices, because you'd think um, that it might be the opposite. But instead, restaurant prices are down around, as you mentioned, sort of 7% hikes, whereas grocery prices have been up around 11% and 12%. How is that... um, how do you get by? How do the margins work when you're trying to do that? Well, a couple of issues. There is a, a bigger increase at the grocery store because that's a retail product. And, of course, we buy our food wholesale, so we get a little bit of a break there. But, uh, uh, you know, there's a really delicate balancing act that every restaurant has to do where, yes, you have to obviously take some of those costs through through your menu prices, but you can't raise them that high or you risk losing, you know, a lot of your value-conscious uh, guests. So, uh, so they're very reluctant to do that. And, uh, you know, the other problem that we've got, though, is, you know, uh, sales and, and costs are one thing. But then, of course, a lot of our restaurants took on, you know, 85 percent of them took on a whole bunch of debt during the pandemic. And, and now many of them are concerned, especially when you can factor in rising interest rates. Uh, many of them are concerned that they're not going to be able to pay back their their SIBA loans and, and other debt that they're taking with the pandemic. And, and that's why we've still got 50% of the industry that's not profitable at all. Uh, 29% are still losing money. 22% are just barely breaking even. So uh, it, it's tough out there, especially when you've got debt. And, and now the other challenge on the horizon we have is, you know, with rising interest rates and potentially a looming recession, you know, the restaurants are very concerned because when disposable income shrinks, we're obviously the first industry that gets impacted by that. So uh, it's a big struggle out there for restaurants to survive. But, uh, you know, they're, they've shown their creativity and their resilience and they'll get through this challenge as well. Yeah. Where are you seeing it? Because I realize what happens sometimes is that lower end, sort of more inexpensive places do okay because people are looking for value. Higher end places do okay because people know that it's if it's special occasion and you're going to spend more money than you know you're you're willing to take that bite for a special occasion. I feel like it's it's sort of the middling places, the places that might seem a bit expensive for what you're getting because they used to be value and they're now more expensive than you expect. I, I wonder if that's where some of the real struggles might be in that kind of mid range. Yeah, then you're absolutely correct, and then certainly that's where the the pain point is. Where you're still a full service restaurant, but uh, you're 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 catering to that value conscious guest, and and certainly the pressure is highest on them. To your point, if you're a really high end restaurant, uh, you know you've got people that can pay the higher prices, uh, and then on the QSR side, you know the the the, the average uh, check is, is so small that you don't really notice it as much. But uh, uh, I would agree with you that that certainly those family style or those value conscious table service restaurants and. And a lot of those independent restaurants fall in that category uh, are, are finding it uh, it very challenging times out there right now, especially when when many of them uh, you know don't have enough labor with uh, with our situation right now with labor shortages, they can only operate at about eighty percent capacity, so they've had to close certain hours or or certain sections of the restaurant as well. And when you've got all this debt at the same time of of trying to generate 
your income to be able to pay that back and to to get into profitability it's it's a real challenge out there for restaurants if uh, if they can't operate at full capacity either and we're seeing a lot of managerial and, and small owners just getting burnt out because uh, they're they're working twenty four seven all the time and there's only so much so so long you can do that. Yeah. And of course, it's those restaurants that when they go, you know, those are the ones you really miss, right? Those are sort of your, your go-to neighborhood restaurants and so forth that, uh, that, that you wind up eating at more than other places. Generally, if you, if, I mean, we don't eat out a ton, but those are the places that really form the backbone of most neighborhood rest, or most neighborhoods when it comes to the restaurants, right? Absolutely. Absolutely correct. So, uh, you know, it's certainly not an easy time out there. And, and the most difficult thing, you know, the amount of stories that I heard during the pandemic, and, and obviously we lost a lot of restaurants during that time, um, you know, those that uh, that went and got through it, now they're saying, okay, just when you think they're turning the corner, you have all these headwinds and all these challenges that they have to overcome on top of it all. So uh, not an easy business, but, uh, you know, most restaurateurs are pretty passionate about food and people and uh uh, they're going to keep on, you know, doing what they can to, to stay in business as long as they can. Mark Von Chulitz is with us this half hour. He's Vice President, Western Canada for Restaurants Canada. We started talking uh, talking about the high cost of lettuce. Um, it has been, I mean, there was no lettuce at the grocery store today when I went, and I gather that restaurants are quickly pulling it off the menu because supplies are tight, prices are high, and it's it too shall pass, of course, like all uh, issues of this kind. It will, it will alter itself sooner than later. But in the meantime, yeah, you can forget about that Caesar salad, I think, for the time being, uh, or getting lettuce on your sandwich <laughs> or your burger, for that matter. I think that's really what it's been happening. We've also been talking about just restaurants, you know, emerging from the pandemic, the height of the pandemic, and the challenges that they continue to face with inflation, uh, specifically food costs, labor shortages, uh, inflate, you know, uh, interest rates on money borrowed, money owed, and so forth. We've talked a bit about the bad stuff, Mark. There must be some signs of hope out there and you mentioned the resilience but you know there must be some signs of hope out there for the industry as we're sort of emerging a little bit and people are going out again yeah no question but and i really appreciate you asking the question because there is a lot of good signs out there as well and and first and foremost you know during the pandemic a lot of our restaurateurs were worried uh that they would actually get their customers back into their uh, restaurants and of course during the pandemic some of the transition that happened is uh, a lot more flexibility as far as patio dining and a lot of restaurants opening up patios making them look good it's part of the street scene in every community now uh, you know certainly in, in my experience I think that is one of the positive things that came out of it but most importantly I think is just the uh, uh, yes there was some pent-up demand for the pandemic and everything but our guests have certainly come out and supported us and they have a very, very positive view of the industry. There was just an Angus Reid survey where 74% uh, of Canadians uh, have a very positive attitude towards restaurant employees, very uh, positive on that front. And, of course, um, you know, many of them, despite the challenges that are out there, uh, the vast majority of, of restaurants uh, or of customers are saying that restaurants are still providing pretty good value for money, even with the menu inflation uh, that, of course, they've, they've had to undertake over the last year so so those are really some some good news stories and also 
you know, one of the things that one of the trends from the pandemic that has really been a lifeline for restaurants is is that takeout and delivery. A lot of them had no idea how to do this beforehand and now projected to go forward with, with full service restaurants. About 30 to 40 percent of the revenue is going to still come from takeout and delivery. So so that's certainly a new channel, uh, channel of, of sales that uh, is really helping the resilience of the industry and and uh, just very proud of the whole industry and how they were managed to pivot and and become very resilient and creative to to overcome a lot of these challenges we've been talking about. How is it though? Because I notice, of course, um, delivery companies are doing a lot of the delivering. How is that working out for restaurants when it comes? You know, if I'm if I'm ordering from you know any number of companies that will provide me that service, is that still good business for restaurants? Well, it is in the sense that it it, it provides that cash flow. It's not very profitable usually, but again. A lot of restaurants have, have adjusted what they're doing, so they're making sure that what they do for takeout is really takeout friendly, if you know what I mean. It doesn't get spoiled right. and grounds it, uh, that type of thing. So they've learned a lot from the pandemic. But, of course, the, the, the third-party delivery fees are still a big issue. Uh, those can range, you know, 20 to 30% for most restaurants. And, and here in British Columbia, where I'm situated, they just passed legislation to cap those fees at 20%. So at least that gives our members some cost stability going forward on, on one of their input costs, and those are those delivery fee, uh, fees. But uh, uh, so there are still some really positive uh, signs out there, and uh, uh, really, really impressed to see Canadians coming back to support the industry the way they have. Well, Mark, uh, let us know when you let us is back on the menu. We'll keep an eye out at the grocery store. I guess that'll tell us, right? Once we see it stocked again, we'll probably see it in restaurants again. Thanks so much for your time tonight. Uh, my pleasure, Ben.